Part three, chapter five of the Speaking Voice Principles of Training Simplified and Condensed by Catherine Jewell Everts. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter five, Didactic Poetry. If our study of didactic prose and lyric poetry has been faithful, we shall have learned to think more vividly and to feel more intelligently. We shall also find that our speech has gained precision and that our tone has gained purity and power. I shall ask you to test your own increase in power along any of these lines by a self-directed study of didactic poetry. I give you the didactic poem because it makes a double appeal, through its form to emotion, through its aim to the mind. I have given you examples of this form in which the beauty and fascination of metre, rhythm and rhyme, and the didactic nature of the thought, do not seem to overbalance each other. If either one should predominate, you must, by your interpretation, strike the balance. In reading Robert Browning's Rabbi Ben Ezra, from which I shall quote but a few verses, you must carry to your auditor the full import of the philosophy, but in doing so you must not lose the beauty of the verse in which the poet has set it. Rabbi Ben Ezra 1. Grow old along with me, the best is yet to be, the last of life for which the first was made. Our times are in his hand, who saith, a whole I planned, youth shows but half, trust God, see all, nor be afraid. 2. Not that, amassing flowers, youth sighed, which rose makes ours, which lily leave and then as best recall. Not that, admiring stars, it yearned, nor Jove, nor Mars, mine be some figured flame which blends, transcends them all. 3. Not for such hopes and fears, annulling youth's brief years, do I remonstrate, folly wide the mark. Rather I prize the doubt, low kinds exist without, finished and finite clods, untroubled by a spark. 6. Then welcome each rebuff that turns earth's smoothness rough, each sting that bids nor sit nor stand but go. Be our joys three parts pain, strive and hold cheap the strain. Learn nor account the pang, dare never grudge the throw. 7. For thence, a paradox which comforts while it mocks, shall life succeed in that it seems to fail. What I aspired to be and was not comforts me. A brute I might have been, but would not sink in the scale. 22. Now, who shall arbitrate? Ten men love what I hate, shun what I follow, slight what I receive. Ten who in ears and eyes match me, 
we all surmise they this thing and i that whom shall my soul believe twenty three not on the vulgar mass called work must sentence pass things done that took the eye and had the price o'er which from level stand the low world laid its hand found straightway to its mind could value in a trice twenty four but all the world's coarse thumb and finger failed to plumb so passed in making up the main account all instincts immature all purposes unsure that weighed not as his work yet swelled the man's amount twenty five thoughts hardly to be packed into a narrow act fancies that broke through language and escaped all i could never be all men ignored in me this i was worth to god whose wheel the picture shaped robert browning forbearance hast thou named all the birds without a gun loved the wood-rose and left it on its stalk at rich men's tables eaten bread and pulse unarmed faced danger with a heart of trust and loved so well a high behaviour in man or maid that thou from speech refrained nobility more nobly to repay oh be my friend and teach me to be thine each and all little thinks in the field yon red-cloaked clown of thee from the hilltop looking down the heifer that lows in the upland farm far heard lows not thine ear to charm the sexton tolling his bell at noon deems not that great napoleon stops his horse and lists with delight whilst his files sweep round yon alpine height nor knowest thou what argument thy life to thy neighbour's creed has lent all are needed by each one nothing is fair or good alone i thought the sparrow's note from heaven singing at dawn on the alder bough i brought him home in his nest at even he sings the song but it cheers not now for i did not bring home the river and sky he sang to my ear they sang to my eye the delicate shells lay on the shore the bubbles of the latest wave fresh pearls to their enamel gave and the bellowing of the savage sea greeted their safe escape to me i wiped away the weeds and foam i fetched my sea-born treasures home but the poor unsightly noisome things had left their beauty on the shore with the sun and the sand and the wild uproar the lover watched his graceful maid as mid the virgin train she strayed 
nor knew her beauty's best attire was woven still by the snow-white choir at last she came to his hermitage like the bird from the woodlands to the cage the gay enchantment was undone a gentle wife but fairy none then i said i covet truth beauty is unripe childhood's cheat i leave it behind with the games of youth as i spoke beneath my feet the ground pine curled its pretty wreath running over the club moss burrs i inhaled the violet's breath around me stood the oaks and firs pine-cones and acorns lay on the ground over me soared the eternal sky full of light and of deity again i saw again i heard the rolling river the morning bird beauty through my senses stole i yielded myself to the perfect whole R. W. Emerson. End of chapter five.